No disrespect meant to Ori Corio if if you like him as a Pokemon. That's not what that's not what I mean. It's what he means. It might be what I mean. I'm not a huge fan, <laughs> but that's okay. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. A new entry in the supported languages decks is available. Birds plus colors equals the art of dance. Let's learn more about everyone's favorite fiery feline. That one bird is back in raids. You know, the the weird one? And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 183. It's March 15th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hi. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, are you sand shrewd out from this weekend? How you feeling? I've already forgotten that that was two days ago, so (laughs) I guess I'm doing okay. Okay, well, I I will I will ask you for your thoughts and how your experience went, but in just a moment here because we've got to get some thank yous out of the way for three brand new patrons of ours, Phil, Tyler, and Jason's pepperonis. That's a whole lot of people under one name. If uh, I don't know how many how many pepperonis come in a package, it's not a small amount of numbers, right? Are we talking about slices? I would assume so. <laughs> I would assume so. Are you saying that there's like a big sausage that's just a pepperoni? Maybe. Mm. Or, or it could be like a package of like those bite-sized pepperonis, I guess. It could yeah, be that's like, what I'm asking. There'd be like 30 of them, right? No, no. Like like the long cylinder, one, they, cylinder ones, they come in like packs of eight or something like that. Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to have to do some research and get back to you on that. But anyway, thank you to all three of you for your patronage. We appreciate it. More about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show okay mr kyle we set some goals last week and one of those goals for each of us was also our shiny counts so yep why don't we just kind of roll it all up into one big ball let's knock out our other goals first so did you finish the first step of the masterwork research yes i did awesome you just had to do i think research tasks right yeah i needed like 30 Awesome. 400,000 experience. Yes. Excellent. And five rocket leaders. No, I don't think I did. Ooh, okay. I don't remember the number I was at, but I'm pretty sure I only did two or three. Okay. And then your shiny goal for this weekend was 15 shinies. I did that. Yeah. I got, I got 17 plus 17. two non- community day shinies in the last two days so what were the shinies i got a shiny alolan grimer in the wild and a shiny Talo. so that's that's number four for the grimer so i'm done i, I don't need any more <laughs> we're Please. done thank you thank you poker gods we're good we're good awesome all right so three out of four for you and those extra shinies to boot not bad 100 eggs hatched i came a little bit under unfortunately i was at like 79 or 80 something like that 2 million experience i did do that 700 stops spun that was that really high number i ended up spinning 500 so i did miss that i'm 200 short of my platinum medal so i'm very excited to get that soon 
and then 30 shinies from community day i did do that i ended up getting 36 one of which was a hatched shiny riolu uh, and the rest were sand true yahoo great it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> and then since then i also caught a, a shiny eevee in the wild that was just about an hour ago or something like Good that Lord. that was kind of nice so three out of four for me. Kyle, we tied. It's been a hot <laughs> minute, man. What do we do? Do you get to keep half of the belt? Should, should yeah, we, we just it, cut it, it horizontally? At this point, so, it just comes apart into two pieces. Yeah, but but how does it come apart? Does it come apart into like a, a top half and a bottom half or like a left and right half? Because I feel like left and right would make no sense, but top and bottom would mean we just both have a thin belt. It's definitely left and right, so neither of us can wear it. That sounds perfect. Okay, so then let's talk about the rest of our community experience in the news section. Why don't we? Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, Mr. Kyle, just let's let's do it quick. Get out of the way. Santru Community Day. I know you weren't too thrilled about Santru as an option. And I know on top of that, quarter hatch distance <laughs> is not your favorite bonus. So considering all of that, how was your Santru community day? It was fine. I thought that having both forms spawn in the wild was good. We didn't have any real issues, in my opinion, about too many of one versus the other, at least over here. I know that was an issue in the UK, I believe. It's strange for that to happen just in the middle of everything else, but... I already had both shinies going into it and the moves weren't super exciting. So I played for like two and a half, three hours very casually. I didn't hatch a single egg. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a lie. I put whatever eggs I had into incubators, so I hatched those, I suppose. But nothing, no 2Ks and super incubators. So that meant I hatched like four eggs total. You let me down. What's new? You let yourself down. <laughs> I repeat, what's new? <laughs> and and that's kind of about it all i can say is i really hope they don't lean into the season of alola with alolan community days like this if this whole season i'm just gonna say this now goes double alolan alolan starter double alolan i'm gonna be real burnt out by the third community really day. Why? Yeah. What about that theming that you, is that you don't like because it's an old Pokemon no, it, you already had? It's just none of the Alolan Pokemon are exciting, in my mm. opinion, in that regard. The most exciting, I think, is probably Vulpix because it is less common than the rest, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't need a Geodude, Geodude community today. And Lord knows I don't want to see a Grimer Community Day. Yeah, but Grimer Community Day would be a lot of fun. And isn't Muck good in PvP? I use Muck in PvP all the yeah, time. Yeah, Muck's great in PvP. It doesn't need to be better. That's the point, though. It's already good. Oh, but but theming is fun. People love that stuff. Uh, okay, well, you heard yeah. it here now. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen for the rest of the season. We don't know this yet, but it's going to happen. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let you make that claim on your own alone. I'm not going to throw my hat into the ring. <laughs> I have to see what they do next month. And then if it's if it's an alone starter, I'm going to be on board 100% with this theory. But we'll see. Okay. We will see. For myself, Sandshrew Community Day was filled with uh, hatching a lot of eggs and catching a lot of Sandshrew. And that was pretty much it. 
it was nicer weather, but not nice enough to be out in it for six hours. Uh, so did a, like a lap here and there around a park in a local square area by me hung out with my sister for a couple of hours. It was a good time. It was kind of a back to basics sort of community day. And that is always nice. And unlike Kyle, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to the bonuses. I am very thrilled for the egg hatching bonus. Oh, um, my egg hatching number is very healthy as a result of these events recently. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy. <laughs> All right. So that's pretty much it for Sandshrew Community Day. Nothing big to report other than some weird coverage issues and spawn density issues that were reported online. But that's kind of unfortunately, I suppose, par for the course. Uh, but I didn't see anything like broken, so to speak. So that's great. So aside from that, we've got two pieces of news this week. The first one is just kind of like an announcement, like a, hey, how are you? A nice to have sort of thing. And this is great. It's Turkish language support for Pokemon Go. And it reads, trainers, we're happy to announce we've added Turkish language support for Pokemon Go. You can now set your in-game language to Turkish. Whether you're just starting your adventure or you're a seasoned trainer with years of experience, we are elated to embark on this journey with you as we work to make Pokemon Go available to even more people. We aim to continually improve and update the Turkish language version of Pokemon Go. Details and upcoming events will also be published in Turkish on the blog, on Twitter at Pokemon Go app TR, and on Facebook at Pokemon Go app TR. So... Obviously, great news for those of you who speak Turkish and uh, want to play Pokemon Go or have not or or have been playing Pokemon Go in another language. This is a great option. Um, One of the things I would have really loved to do, Kyle, is that if I had been playing kind of like a global sort of game like this, is that when I was in high school taking Spanish and stuff, it would have been kind of cool to change, you know, something I was really familiar with, like Pokemon Go to like Spanish to sort of like interface with them more. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't already there. Yeah, it's it's nothing but positive. It's just good. It's, yeah. it's nice to see it added. Hopefully more that are missing at this point are added. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but Pokemon have different names in different languages and some mm-hmm. of them are really, really fun. Uh, I, I, I know the German pronunciations uh, and names for Pokemon. Some of them are just hilarious um, to us and our ears as English ones are to other language speakers ears. So if you want to culture yourself a little bit, go take a look at the translations for your favorite Pokemon's name. It's a, it's a wild ride for sure. But the real piece of news here that we have this week is the Festivals of Colors event. When is it happening? Tuesday, March 15th uh, to the 20th, ending at 8 p.m. local time. So this is live as of today, our recording. And it is a shorter run event, only about five days. We've been seeing like seven day plus events recently. So this is kind of a a break, I suppose, in in the format. Uh, Global event bonuses for this event are lure modules activated during the event will last for three hours and take a few snapshots every day during the event. For a surprise, Pokemon debuts. Oracorio, the dancing Pokemon, makes its Pokemon Go debut. Keep an eye out, trainers. The Oracorio you encounter will be of different styles depending on where they were caught in the world. The ballet style Oracorio is appearing in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Pom pom style Oracorio is appearing in the Americas. And might I just say, with much gusto, <laughs> the Pau style Oracorio is appearing in the African, Asian, 
Pacific and Caribbean islands regions. And the Sensu style Oricorio, no relation to the Sensu bean from the Dragon Ball franchise, is appearing in the Asia Pacific region. As much as I wish for a Dragon Ball crossover event with Pokemon Go someday. All right, there's a collection challenge, and uh, it's great. I love collection challenges. We're very happy about it. Kyle, are you finished with yours yet? I know it's only been a few hours. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, I am finished with mine. I actually don't know if I've caught anything on that list yet, mostly because <laughs> I've only opened the game at home today. You probably have, uh, and all of them I could catch from here, and I didn't have to pop an nope. incense or wait very long. It was, it was pretty doable. Nope, I haven't caught any of them, but there are two here right now. There you go. Uh, the This one is great, though, because if you complete the collection challenge, it'll contribute to your elite collector medal, which is great. I think 42 is the number now. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But also you get 20,000 experience, 3000 Stardust and an additional encounter with the Oracorio for your region. You already had to catch one for. Mm-hmm. the collection challenge, but it'll be a nice IV one because it's a research encounter. So there you go. Talk about that later. Okay. All right. So just the rest of the details very quick out of the way. Wild encounters for the duration of this event will be comprised of Drowsy Horsey, Gligar, Slugma, Taylau, Trapinch, Turtwig, Krogunk, Fletchling, Oracorio, Beautyfly, Dustox, and Alomomola. Raids. Tier 1 is Jigglypuff. Don't do it. Torchic, Trico, Mudkip. Maybe. I could see an argument. And Rockruff. Yes. Get those rock puppies. Tier 3 will be home to Marowak, Alolan Marowak, Chansey, Umbreon, and Drudagon. Tier 5 will have Therian Form Tornadus, the aforementioned weird-looking bird. Mega will be featuring Lopunny and Raids. And Field Research Task Encounters will give you encounters with the Kanto Starters, all of the Cast Form Forms, the Burmy Forms, Oracorio, but only the ones from your region, and Alolan Grimer, and of course, new Avatar items, in the shop and that's everything thank you for bearing with me okay kyle i'm dying to hear you talk about this event what what stands out to you what do you what do you like about it and uh what is something i'm sure you're dying to talk about that is whatever the opposite of the best thing is (laughs) um all right i don't have like a best takeaway it's very lukewarm for me so i didn't as i've said before i didn't play sun and moon very much this is one of the pokemon i almost didn't know existed and i wouldn't have known existed if it hadn't got brought up in previous conversations about dancing pokemon so there's that the thing for me is that it's regional i can't express enough how like disappointing that is for for two reasons one i i love ghost types and one of these is a ghost type and so i can't get it and that's very upsetting that's a personal reason. Two, we have form changing in the game. It was made for this. I get why it's a little bit more difficult because they each have a different type. But it's that's, that's <sighs> I don't I don't know how else to say it except they're not form they're not region exclusive in the games. You literally use an item on them to change them into the other one. Yeah, but you can only catch one of each type on an island. Yeah, but that but in your game, you can change it to the other one. Yeah, but we also have East and West Sea Shellos, and you can get both in those games. And we applauded when it had the hemispherical change. 
or difference here? I mean, I think that East and West Coast stuff should swap more personally. Yeah. But yeah. that said, the East and the West and the uh, well, East and West in particular, because of Viper and Zangoose has swapped before. Specific region ones have never changed. That's true. That's a fair point. So it's it's a it's a slightly different beast. And that's just it's just frustrating. I agree. But what I don't agree with is that it's a bummer that it's that it's a regional. I think what you're saying are general complaints about regionals in in general, <laughs> like overall. But I think that for this, this is just kind of fun. I know the typings are different, but it's not a very important Pokemon in a meta no. sense. No. So, but I think we're beyond a point where something should be regional in this specific sense. I'm okay with the idea of the regionalness of, you know, uh, Heat, uh, Heatmore and Durant or Zangoose and Zaviper because they're more likely to show up as event features because they're a completely different Pokemon. Yeah. So like an event can feature Seviper even if it's not your regional because they don't have to worry too much because half the world has Seviper versus, you know, like a tenth of the world having the the Pau style, for example. Yeah, I, I understand that too. But I don't know. I, 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 to me, it doesn't feel bad, um, but I also see them – probably like next year for Festival of Colors being like, okay, the Oracorios, now you can encounter each type, but they're all going to be in raids and rotations and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I like, could see that happening. If they had made it only one type is spawning in your region, but do a research task to get the other ones, and then those research tasks go away at the end of the event, okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. I, that I, I would be for that. That's fine. Just an option kind of thing. Yeah, I've seen your opinion echoed online as well. I, I do not share it, but I can appreciate where you're coming from with it for sure. But um, at the end of the day, they are just colored birds and they're unimportant. It's not like Tropius, where Tropius was and is still rather competitive and was very hard to get. That yep. was a whole thing and a half. But oh, boy. Yeah. So really quick, uh, the other stuff that we kind of ran through. The raids, the the highlight is Rockruff in Tier 1, Drudagon in Tier 3, and then if you want the weird bird, go for it. But hey. <laughs> also, Lola Marowak, you're still missing the shiny. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Good opportunity for that. One thing to point out real quick is Alolan Raichu is not in raids. It's kind of surprising. Well, Alolan Raichu is is in the in the regular overall seasonal spawn pool for the raids. So when it's not an event, we'll see it come back. Well, it's just they, they've kept Alolan uh, Marowak. So it's yeah. just. Yeah, it's weird that they kept Alolan Marowak in there and then they added regular Marowak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange. But I think it's also because of their, their colors, right? So if you think about like Jigglypuff is pink, Torchic is red, Trico's green, Mudkip's blue, and Rockruff is, is gray. That's what they're trying to do there. Yeah, but what's Marowak? Marowak's brown. Marowak is brown. Alolan Marowak is, is purple. Well, shiny. Yeah, uh, sorry. A regular one is what color again? Blue? It's, it's like gray-black. Yeah, yeah. Chansey's pink. Umbreon is black with blue. And Drudigon is like blue-green. So yeah, I, I, there's there's good representation. Tier 3 is a little bit rough in that theory compared to Tier 1. I will grant you. <laughs> okay, so that's it for the news. And if you thought we were done talking about 
tap dancing birds, you're wrong because it's gear up. This week on Gear Up, gonna talk about Oricorio. Just just a quick look, because honestly, it doesn't really deserve much more. No disrespect meant to Oricorio if if you like him as a Pokemon. That's not it's not it's not what I mean. It's what he means. It might be what I mean. I'm not a huge fan, <laughs> but that's okay. That's for a different section at some okay. point in the distant future, maybe. <laughs> but as I mentioned earlier, Oricorio mm-hmm. has four different forms. And each form has a unique typing. There's the fire flying, electric flying, ghost flying, and psychic flying. Sensing a theme. It is a bird. But what are the uses of Oricorio? The outlook's not good. Let's put it that way. I'm not even going to read the stats. I'm not going to read any numbers at all in this section today. That's how bad this is. And just for perspective, for those of you who've been playing long enough and remember when the Elemental Monkeys came out, Pampor, Pansage, Panseer, these are worse by a significant margin. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> and Oricario was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> they all have the same moveset. And that is to say the moveset is really, really bad. It doesn't know any stab moves except for flying. How is that possible? Do they give them each a rock move? Like <laughs> No, no, what? it only knows flying moves. It knows oh. air slash and pound, and then it knows aerial ace, hurricane, and uh, air cutter, which is bad. They're all bad. Well, I mean, yeah. aerial ace and hurricane are, have their uses, but... Yeah, but the base stats make it so that doesn't matter in this case. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's base stats are absolutely horrendous, but the point is... They don't even have access to fire, electric, ghost, or psychic moves that would maybe make them some kind of spicy pick in PvP or like a specific cup because of the the typing or something. It would be yeah. awesome if they had all gotten like pretty okay quick moves and then for their charge move, you just run aerial ace because it's quick to charge up and great to spam and they would have found some use, you know? Yeah, as it stands, air slash with aerial ace and hurricane, it's really bad. It's so bad. Don't use this Pokemon. Yeah. It is the definition of a Dex filler. So Air Slash with Aerial Ace and Hurricane is the way to go, but don't go that way. But don't like that's that's the exit to take on the highway. But like just just keep going. There's another exit like two miles down the road. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this one empties you into the ocean and the next one empties you into a rest stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that next that next exit has uh, a mole trace and a honch crow and oh, a rake man, I thought you were you. about to like <laughs> list like three or four of your favorite places and like your ideal rest stop. And I got so excited. No, for, a, for no, no good reason. OK, off the top of your head. And we're both Midwest boys. So, hey, we'll probably have similar similar things we like here and they, they'll probably be region specific. But oh, if man. you saw, let's say, four things on one sign for like a, a rest area, what are the four things on that sign that you're like, oh, yeah. OK, yeah, I'm going to stop here. Uh oh, I don't know if I could think of that. This is like a personality test. That's way too hard because there's so (laughs) many answers. And literally the first answer is not a good one because it's like McDonald's because I know I I know I can get something to drink and I know they have bathrooms that you can. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're expecting when you see McDonald's. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. 
the ones that always confuse me when it's like, there's a Krispy Kreme here. I'm like, why do I need to know that when I'm exiting the highway? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's revisit this question. We'll think about it. That's all there is to say about Oricorio at the moment. Now we're going to move on to Pokalore. Okay. And I promise for Pokalore, we're not going to be talking about Oricorio. I know we <laughs> tend to do that have a running theme throughout you're like y'all stop talking about this pokemon at the end of the episode but we're going to give you a little bit of a break because we're going to start a series of three pokelores in a row featuring the newly released two pokemon go alolan starter pokemon and of course we'll start off with uh one of the absolute favorite pokemon of all time for a lot of people as is true with most starters i suppose Litten and Tora Cat, the Fire Cat Pokemon, and Incineroar, the Heal Pokemon. <laughs> interesting, interesting categorization. We'll get there. I did there. not know Incineroar was the Heal Pokemon. That's amazing. It's it is really interesting, but the, there's something cool about Tora Cat too in here that I learned while researching. Air quotes research this episode. Uh, but first up is Litten. Y'all know what Litten looks like. It's cute. Black, red highlights. It's a kitty cat. We love it. Litten is a solitary Pokemon that does not typically display its emotions and should not be given too much affection. While grooming, it collects fur inside its stomach. By setting the stored fur alight, it can spit fireballs that change based on how it coughs. Litten's fur produces flammable oils, and when it begins shedding, it burns all its fur in a blaze. Its fur coat regrows twice a year. It's cute. It's also like not too much of a stretch. Like I felt like Chimchar was kind of a big stretch because nobody has that much gas for that long. But a cat, <laughs> I don't want a cat. He somehow manages to accrue twice his body mass and hair a day. I don't know how he does it. So. Anyway, on to Cat. I'm excited for this one. Hanging from its neck is a round bell-like organ, which is yellow with an orange center. When Cat attacks, this organ sometimes flares with wing-like projections to the sides. The bell-like organ is actually a flame sack. Based on this Pokemon's emotions, the temperature of the bell will rise, and eventually it will spit flames. The release of fire creates the sound of a bell. The mane around this Pokemon's face acts as a sensory organ, allowing it to navigate in darkness and sense hidden foes. Despite sometimes acting spoiled with those that it trusts, Toracat has a fierce battle spirit. It loves to fight. Its punches are capable of bending iron bars with a single strike. And for those of you that don't know what Toracat looks like, it's like Litten, but like a little bit bigger. It's great. Solid middle evolution, I would actually have to say. And then lastly is Incineroar, the aforementioned heel Pokemon. What does it look like? Well, Torcat stood up and it put on a belt. Incineroar's flame belt is produced from within its body and burst from its navel and waist as its fighting spirit rises. In addition to spewing fire from its navel, it uses ferocious kicks and punches. This Pokemon disregards the safety of its opponents and onlookers, sometimes striking the opposing trainer with attacks. <laughs> it is a violent Pokemon and will sometimes ignore its trainer's orders when it is not in the mood to listen. Despite this, it finds fighting unworthy opponents boring and gets motivated fighting a challenging one. Weak or injured opponents also cause it to lose the desire to fight, which others sometimes use to their advantage. It also values the attention of the crowd as Incineroar's spirit goes up while the crowd is excited or falters when the crowd is bored. 
While it tends to act like a heel, Incineroar is very happy internally when receiving the admiration of children or young Pokemon. Incineroar is a is a, a wrestler. For those of yep. you who, who don't know, yes. Yep. Uh, max CP at level 40 is 2996. Max CP level 50 is 3387. 216 stamina, 175 defense, and 214 attack. Right in the usual healthy pocket for a starter. Best move set, you're going to be bringing Snarl or Fire Fang paired with Dark Pulse and Flame Charge. That will, of course, change when it gets a good move for its community day. And there are a couple of moves on the chopping block uh, mm-hmm. for potential. It could, of course, get um, Blast Burn like every other fighter starter every other fire starter has gotten but it also has like two other pseudo signature moves darkest lariat or mm-hmm. lara i don't even know how to pronounce it um, but it's a dark type move uh, because it becomes a fire dark type when it evolves into its final stage and the other move is throat chop which sounds just as brutal uh, <laughs> as this pokemon is described i suppose it also has an exclusive z move called z move malicious moon salt <laughs> So there you go. The Z-Moves had great, great names. But there you go. There's the Litten line, Kyle. I'm not going to ask you if you like Litten because everybody likes Litten. I don't care for Litten. Really? I love Incineroar, but I don't like Litten almost at all. What I like is that they resisted the temptation to make it a firefighting type and made it fire dark instead. I mean, I think that's awesome because it's the first time since Blaziken that a firefighting actually made sense. <laughs> yes, that's true. And they didn't do it. But the fire, it's it's so good. Its design is so good. It was absolutely worthy of being put in Super Smash Brothers. It's, it's a great Pokemon. But Litten is just boring. Wow, disrespect. Like, no, like, but for real, we have now an example, another example. We have Sprigatito. And if you take the art of Sprigatito and you put it next to Litten and you're like, which of these is better designed? It's Sprigatito, not even a question. Like, ignoring the types, ignoring whether you like grass or fire, I just, I think Litten is kind of bland. Man, I disagree. I think Litten's got a lot of personality. I love <sighs> Litten. <sighs> It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to really back that up. No specific points. I just completely disagree in this case. I think Sprigatito looks really good. Um, but I think most of their cat designs, unless it like really speaks to you, you can look at that and go, eh, whatever, you know. But I that's what I'm saying, though, is I think Litton is kind of eh, whatever. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's just a matter of opinion. Did not not for me. Yeah. yeah okay. And on a, a final note, I wish that Incineroar was better in Go. And and that's kind of about it. <laughs> well, we're almost guaranteed that Incineroar will be better at some point in time with the community day. It'll be better than it currently is, but I don't know if that's going to like blow any doors off. We will see. We'll see. But uh, until we see, we've got a lot of stuff in between now and then. Like a lot of time, but also the rest of this show. The next piece of which is the Pokepole. So last, last week's question that we said we would revisit is 
what Pokemon or feature from the Alola region are you looking forward to the most in Pokemon Go? First one's from Venus Prime. They said, I'm interested to see if Salazzle will be any good. And I really want the shiny. Also, Solgaleo, Lunala, and Necrozma's forms, as mentioned. Those similar to Black and White Kiram. I'm not sure if we'll get Dusk Dawn Necrozma for a long time. Very much hoping for something special to be done with the Ultra Beast to make them feel more alien. Even something as simple as swapping out the theme of the Premier Balls for Beast Balls. Also curious if their odd stat distribution will result in some of the glassier ones being soloable. Edit forgot about Mimikyu as well. Excited to see that at Halloween. Yes. Fingers crossed. Very excited for Mimikyu. Fingers crossed. Also, the Beast Balls, it's just a great idea. For those who don't know, if you use a regular Pokeball against an Ultra Beast, your odds of catching them is 0.1. It's a 0.1 multiplier versus the normal 1 or 2 or 3 for greater Ultra. Is it 0.1 or 0.01? I think it's 0.1, but it might be 0.01. It might be either way. It, might be it ain't happening. It's, don't do it's it. <laughs> much, much lower to the, the the game is telling you don't do it. And yeah. like beast balls have like a 255 multiplier or something like that. Something like this will catch it. And they also look really good. Yeah, they do. They look a little sci fi y, but yeah. yeah. Well, and on the flip side, beast balls have the bad catch chance on anything that doesn't have an ultra beast. So getting a Pokemon in a beast ball, that's not an ultra beast was like a feat for trainers and the other way around as well. Yes. Yeah. Next response from Kevin Red Bull. And they said, I've been a big fan of Turtonator since the moment I saw him on the show, special move or not. I hope they do something special with its release. He's such a cool fire turtle. Agreed. Although his poor neck is going to, going (laughs) to have such a crink in the neck when he wakes up. That's just how the bones are. <laughs> he has to walk backwards everywhere. Yeah, there's no actual vertebrae in in its neck. It's just like a swivel. It's one yeah. long bone. Just goes back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to do the honors of uh, talking about last week's question, which was which generational debut have you enjoyed the most so far in Pokemon Go? Now, you might be like, well, Chris, you put the episode out later again. Of course, you're not going to have any answers. Well, you're both right and you're wrong. Uh, I had some great responses on Twitter, but normally I write the questions in a way that they're guarded from this or Kyle is like, wait, 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 this is not going to work out where it's like we we, we don't get one word answers because we read them on the show. <laughs> so a lot of excited people were like, oh, man, Johto, Kanto for sure. That was from Joe Art. That's actually really funny because it implies the, the launch of the game. That's a good answer. Um, you know, Kalos for somebody else as well. But the answers are not not really exciting. It's just people talking about their favorite region. So <laughs> no answers to the red. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a new question this week. What is it, Kyle? This week's Pokeball question is, what is a feature that you see in other mobile games that you'd love to see adapted into Pokemon Go? I have two, and they're both extremely tied together. Okay. One is a communication system of any kind. Like I don't care what it is. I know it needs to be restricted because we want to make sure the game remains uh family friendly and also just accessible for as many people as possible but anything just anything to be able to talk to people in game and on the same note 
a kind of clan or guild type system built into the game would it would just it would just be amazing it would it's so so fitting and so missed in my opinion i 100 agree i didn't even consider that second part uh when i was thinking about answers here but that is so right yeah why don't we have gyms that we can join together and have like a motto and stuff like that'd be so cool something yeah well i mean again you can use it as a way to facilitate communication if you're worried about um needing to have two strong sensors or filters the filter of a guild in the first place is already a huge one because you control who you're in a guild with right and that can let you do things like remote raid or in-person raid for all that matters you can have bonuses just like you have friend bonuses. Like it just, it works. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a brilliant suggestion. Uh, mine is kind of uh, an adjustment to the one that I had outlined last episode. Uh, and you called me out on the whole gotcha mechanic thing where I think we were talking about eggs at the time where if you wanted to get better odds at hatching eggs or the egg pool is such that everything is 20%. But the one thing you want is 2%. You're like, I'm not going to hatch these eggs. It'd be cool if every single time you hatch a category of an egg while you're, you know, hatching them, whatever the chase is in that pool, whatever that 2% is, gets a little bit more likely every single time until you hatch it. And then the timer resets. That would be really cool for like mm-hmm. a, a period of time for an event. And the same thing for me would also be for shiny chances on raids. It is almost for on one hand, I want to say it's the risk that is part of playing games like this, that, you know, there is a chance that you can do a hundred raids and not get a shiny legendary, despite the touted rate of one in 20. Right. And there are people that will wait two and get two shinies back to <laughs> I think we could do the same sort of thing there where the shiny becomes more and more likely the more raids you do without encountering the shiny. And then once you get the shiny, it resets your timer again. That doesn't mean that you have to do a minimum of five or something like that. You could still get it, but your chance gets better. Yeah, the Pokemon would benefit greatly from a pity system. Something, something. Yep, because I feel like a lot of people are like, man, I know I have to spend a minimum of $20 in order to get my shiny Lugia, but I might just have to spend $1. And that really that like goes into that feeds into their their uh, trigger systems they already have for people for getting to buy money and the RNG systems for hatching eggs. It still scratches all the same itches, just gives players more agency. And that's always good. Mm hmm. But anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer for us this week, the question is one more time. What is a feature you see in other mobile games that you'd love to see adapted into Pokemon Go? And please explain what that feature is and and how you think it would would work in Pokemon Go. Uh, You can answer the question we've posted on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. You can call us on our voice line and leave a voice mail to 262-586-7717. Or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Oh, and of course, we also have the question posted in our patron discord and a special channel just for that topic. More about that stuff at the end of the show. But before we do anything related to mail, E or voicemail, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who are back at it again this week. And they are going to be doing a deep dive into Little Jungle Cup and Open Great League. Over to the two of you. 
I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment with a 500 CP cap. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? All right, before we get started, I have to thank Mystic Sparkle and Enhoff for joining me last week. That was such an awesome conversation we had about the Girls That PvP server. If you didn't listen to last week's PvP Corner segment, be sure to go back and give it a listen because it was phenomenal. All right, moving into our GBL section. Right now, uh, as we are recording today on Wednesday, March 16th, we are in Open Master League and Love Cup until March 22nd. I have not yet started Go Battle League this week. It's been a bit of a crazy week already, but I plan on diving into Love Cup later this weekend. How about you, Fish? Have you started Love Cup at all? Uh, I had my first battle today, and I won it. Which is great. Last Love Cup, I was running Dradagon, Aridos, and Galarian Slowbro for a long, long time, and it did work very well for me. Um, I'm interested to see if it is as good this time because I know there's been a couple of little changes. I know uh, Lycan Rock is available, Incineroar is a new Pokemon, and I don't think they've broken the meta at all, but they are very interesting options. I agree. I love the idea of using Incineroar or Lycanroc is one of my favorite Pokemon Mm -hmm. from this generation. So I'm very excited that it's an option. Yeah. And it's another rock type Pokemon with counter like Sudowoodo now, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I love its look. I love its aesthetic. I love the fact that it has counter, that it's potentially viable. I'm here for it. So looking ahead to next week, March 22nd to the 29th, is Open Great League. We know it. We love it. And also Little Jungle Cup. We, we mentioned it last week. We talked a little bit about some popular picks with Enhoff and Mystic Sparkle. But we're also going to deep dive even further into that this week, coming up here in a little bit. Finally, taking one more look ahead from March 29th to April 5th, we have Open Ultra League and the Catch Cup. So this is a Great League Cup, but only Pokemon that have been caught during the duration of this cup are eligible. So no mythicals allowed. So even if you waited to catch your Celebi, you can't use it. That is a cup that I am not a big fan of. I think both Fish and I have grown in appreciation for things other than Open Great League, but I can't get behind Catch Cup. It's silly, but I think it's really tough. I I just don't want to put a bunch of dust into something that I might not ever use again. Yeah, or stuff that I might already have one of, but I can't use it because I obviously caught it way before the cup started. So like having to build a second one of something. The positive thing about this, though, is it's the interlude season. So it's perfectly fine to just not do it, just play Ultra League. I get the feeling that they wouldn't do this again during a ranked season. Yeah, I hope not, (laughs) but... Uh, I think, yeah, this is good for unranked play because you can be silly. You can go in there with, you know, a Talo and <laughs> see what happens. Yep. Do some auto recommended. Moving on to our self check-in, we are in the Obsidian Cup. So I've just started a few tournaments, but I've been I'm about 50-50 not doing super great. I'm not sure if I love the team that I built out of my Pokemon. I really like Galvantula. I haven't used Samurott maybe as much as I should. And then Politoed is really good. Uh, is there anything that you've been noticing, Fish, in Obsidian Cup? Yeah, Umbreon for me. I have noticed that for me, I think Umbreon's the best Pokemon in the cup because 
of how much play it has against the counters. So it's something I say a lot is that a, a huge part of getting good at PvP is knowing how to turn what is on average a losing matchup into a winning matchup. Umbreon, from what I can tell, has the best opportunities to do that. So for example, Escavalier, which is the most popular Pokemon in Obsidian Cup right now, obviously in general will beat Umbreon because of that counter damage. But in the straight 1-1 shield, Umbreon takes out about 70% of an Escavalier. So all you need to do to flip that matchup is maybe hit it with, I don't know, three or four counters from your own Escavalier and then switch into the Umbreon and you'll win that matchup. Same with Foratress. If you go into that matchup and the Foratress has already lost, you know, X percent, I don't know the exact number, but uh, X percent of its HP, you win that matchup as well. Going in with a shield advantage against some other things will allow you to win that Umbreon is great at just being really, really safe. I agree. I'm also using an Umbreon and it is a fantastic fantastic pick it walls cofagrigus and sableye as well which are, are two very popular picks while not getting walled by anything itself oh, except obstagoon the goon <laughs> but goon is so squishy and it loses to all other counter users so right. i'm not i don't love obstagoon here all right moving ahead we're both in another obsidian cup tournament together the go cast podcast obsidian cup And we have 18 participants this month, which is fantastic. I'm really excited about it. And Fish, I think I might have gone a little too spicy. (laughs) But that was the point. The point was spice. Mm -hmm. So the badge that I was looking at, the Sulfurine Achievement, is called Pandemonium. The requirement is place in the top 50% of a ranked tournament using a team of six that by the end of the month include only Pokemon that appeared on less than 5% of all teams. So the way that you check that is you go to sylph.gg and you can click on tournaments and you can click on the Obsidian Cup resources and take a look at Cup stats. So I know a Scavalier for me, no Sableye, Umbreon. <laughs> Fortress, Defense Deoxys, none of that. So here's what I'm bringing. <laughs> Ninetales, Alolan Muck, Zangoose, Cressalia, Alomomola, and Barbarical. Yeah, I have not seen Alolan Muck or Barbarical in any other tournament anywhere I've looked. So that's pretty crazy. I have seen Ninetales, I've seen Cress, I've seen Aloe, and I've seen Zangoose. But yeah, I, I can confirm this is Spice. So I like Ninetales probably the most out of all that because Escavalier and Foratress are two very, very popular picks and Ninetales just crushes them. It's such a hard counter to both of those. Zangoose has pretty good coverage with the Close Combat and the Shadow Claw and the Cresselia with the Moonblast can hit back at things like Umbreon, Obstagoon and Sableye even though it generally loses those are the obvious ones that come to mind. What about the other picks? What are you targeting with those or what are the roles that you're trying to fill with those Pokemon? So for Alolan Muck, I was really looking for something for Sableye right. specifically. 
because I know Sableye is a really popular pick, something for things like Kofagrigus. And overall, I just really like Alolan Muck. Um, it also does really well against Umbreon, depending on the fast move that you're using. You can run Poison Jab and kind of chip away at an Umbreon as well. So that was kind of my thought process behind Alolan Muck. Alomomola is just really thick and it can beat a lot of things because it can simply outlast them. So that was kind of my thought process there. Like I've matched up against a polytoad it shouldn't be able to beat the (laughs) but it just outlasts it and just consistent waterfall and psychic damage for me i'm running umbreon dragalgy dragonair raichu fortress and a scavalier so i've got like a double steel bug going on there and a double dragon as well and the raichu I, I really like that pick of Raichu. So the Raichu in the One Shields beats a Scavalier and Foratress. It also beats Kofagrigus and Sableye. So a lot of the teams that I'm coming up against have both a Scavalier and Foratress, or at least have one or the other. And most of those teams will also have some combination of Sableye and Kofagrigus as well so Raichu does very well against that especially if you can get the baiting game right obviously it's a little bit glassy but those wild charges can overcome a lot of matchups for example I had one just today actually where I was down to just my Raichu left and one shield and I hadn't seen the Pokemon that was in the back of my opponent it turned out to be Dragalgy which is a dragon type a pretty bulky dragon type I thought oh no (laughs) I'm in trouble but because I had that one shield left, they couldn't fire the Aqua Tail, which was a huge advantage for me. And I managed to take them out with two Thunder Punches and a Wild Charge before they could get to two Aqua Tails. And so that's how powerful and spammy Raichu's combination of moves is. No, Raichu is a fantastic pick, severely underrated. Mm. And you can run it with Charm, <laughs> uh, like Surprise Charm Chew. I love that as a strategy Mm -hmm. as well and something that I considered, but I think Raichu was just high enough in its usage. Yeah, it's at 4% that I was like, no, no, (laughs) I can't. (laughs) It's too, it's too popular. (laughs) Um, One other thing I noticed is that DeFi, you are ranked 344 in the world while I'm ranked 345. I, no, I saw that when the tournament started. That was our starting That's rank, so and cute. I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing. Because we're because we're like we're super supportive, but also super competitive with each other at the same time. <laughs> so I'm very happy to see that I'm placed exactly one global <laughs> position higher. All right, moving on, and it is our deep dive, which this week is the Little Jungle Cup and Open Great League, the next cups that will be appearing in gbl for this season defy do you want to take us through a little bit of little jungle cup all right little jungle cup the rule pokemon must be at or below 500 cp to enter pokemon do not need to be able to evolve to enter this is a rule from kind of the original little cup but it is not a rule for little jungle cup so you can have evolved pokemon you can have a vigoroth you can have a talon flame no shuckle and no Smeargle. That would be very broken. Shuckle is all defense. So no level 50 Shuckles. That would be a monster. The only types of Pokemon that are allowed are normal, grass, electric, poison, ground, flying, bug, and dark. So quite a few types allowed. Not (laughs) all of them. So taking a look here at what some of the PvPoke top performers are, 
Cottony. Hugely popular. It is an easy Pokemon to get to that 500 CP limit. And it's just powerful because it has charm. It also has access to Razor Leaf. So it has two incredibly powerful fast moves. Because Cottony is so powerful, a lot of its direct counters will also be popular. So you're going to see things like Skarmory. You're going to see things like Skroopy. You might see a little bit of fire thrown in there, some flying. So what are some cores that are really popular? I noticed a lot of pairings of Cottony and Ducklet. Mm -hmm. And Ducklet is kind of another Little Cup popular pick. It's also paired Cottony with Vigoroth. So if you can get a Vigoroth under 500 CP, that Vigoroth always is a really popular pick whenever it's allowed because it is so powerful with that counter mm-hmm. damage. Um, some other interesting picks I noticed, Swinub is quite good uh, because it has that ice typing. It can hit back against things like Cottony. Lit Leo as well is incredibly popular and a good pick. It can still have some of that bulk when it's at 500 CP. But what are some things that you noticed, Fish, looking at the PD Poke Top performers? So I've taken a look at the pvpoke.com. They've got this wonderful section under their training section. They will record the stats of like when people try out teams against the meta. They'll, They'll record them and then collect that data. And there's a page on the site that displays that data of like how well each of these teams has done. So I've gone to that page and I have taken a look at the best performing team. So these are the teams that people did the best with when practicing on the site. Fletchinder, Cottony, and Vigoroth was the top team. So that includes that Cottony and Vigoroth core that you mentioned, but also Fletchinder as an Ember user. Glassy, but in the same way that like Raichu's Glassy, where its, its damage output is so nice that it still gets the win anyway like it's still getting the job done before it goes down which is great um galarian stunfisk cottony and skaroopy and i think particularly with skaroopy you need an answer for that because that combination of cross poison and aquatail both kind of low damage moves in great league but in little cup where everything is glassier those moves hit very hard and it gets to both of those moves in just four poison stings, which is eight turn- four seconds, DeFi. <laughs> four seconds between oh each and every move. That's crazy. Yeah. Um Swinub, Skaroopy, and Shadow Golbat did very well. So Shadow Golbat will be by far the biggest counter against the Cottony because it's resisting the charms. It's doing super effective damage back with wing attack and double super effective with poison fang which then also makes the subsequent wing attacks damage even more and last one i'll name is probably ducklet cottony and vigoroth ducklet with the brave bird that can nuke so many Pokemon in this meta to death. All right, that wraps up a little bit of Little Jungle Cup. You'll have to let us know what teams you plan on using or you're having success with. But we also wanted to take a moment and just talk about Open Great League. Fish and I talk about how much we enjoy this meta, but we haven't really talked about teams in a while. So taking a look at that same PV Poke top performer list and some of the most popular picks, Registeel. Far and away is going to be the top pick here for Open Great League. 
the addition of Zap Cannon to its move pool completely changed the game. Registeel used to be pretty popular, and now it seems almost unstoppable. Registeel, if you're looking for a pairing for it, Trevenant is a really good choice. Some other pairings that I noticed, taking a look through that top performer list, I noticed a lot of Sableye paired with Metacham, as well as Defense Deoxys paired with Galarian Stunfisk. So a lot of picks that we typically see, um, a lot of XL picks looking at things like Sableye, things like Metacham, uh, but Registeel really kind of changing the game here. What did you notice, Fish? Exactly the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've noticed that on that same top performance page, scrolling down to the teams section, Galarian, Sunfisk, Deoxys, Defense, and Trevenant. So exactly the Pokemon you've just mentioned. Uh, next best though is interesting. It's that Deoxys, G-Fisk core again, but also Altaria. Do you remember Altaria? <laughs> I do remember Altaria. I love Altaria. It's still but good. It just got. It's still good, but just Galarian, Stunfisk, I think, and Registeel. Um, just being able to resist that Dragon Breath damage. Dragon Breath still does something, but it's not not nearly as much as it does to other Pokemon. I think we're part of what kind of knocked it out of popularity as well as some other more recent picks. And Azumarill as well? Yeah, Azumarill's always been there, though. I'm trying to think of some things that maybe got added a little more recently. Yeah, I think G-Fisk, when that was introduced, that became top meta like Azu did, and that was like... Two of the the best picks in the meta, both very hard walling Altaria. Registeel wasn't actually a problem. Registeel, Altaria could beat Registeel in the two shields. Yeah. So Registeel was popular, but it wasn't super dominant. Yeah. Now, now with Zap Cannon, yeah. it can it can destroy everything. <laughs> so if you're doing open Great League, be prepared for Registeel. I suggest a lot of Pokemon like Metacham, Pokemon like Defense Deoxys that can just kind of wear it down with counter. A couple of really quick ones that don't involve too many of those Pokemon that have been already mentioned. Jellicent, Alolan Ninetales, and Talonflame is a high performer, as well as Alolan Ninetales, Swampert, and Vigoroth. I like Swampert and Vigoroth. Those definitely are things that challenge that Registeel mm. and have wide coverage across the meta in general. And the Alolan Ninetales has charm in this situation. And I mean, charm is charm. Charm is charm. Charm is what it is. <laughs> charm. If you take one thing from this show, it's that charm is charm. No, it's that every Pokemon is one move yes. update from being viable. Yeah, you're right. That is what people should take away from this show. The PvP corner t-shirt. <laughs> and with that, please let us know. Send us an email, a tweet, a carrier pigeon. Let us know what you are running for Little Jungle Cup or Open Great League. We would love to hear more from you. So, right, uh, shameless plugs just before we end the episode. I'm going to be honest. I think the Pallet Town server is a little bit quieter during this season, being the interlude season. There's no you know, legend ranked to try and reach. So a lot of people are taking it easy. There is still plenty of people on there sharing their teams, which is wonderful. We did have like a a GBL encounter tracker for our patrons, which that's stopped during this interlude season. But one thing we are doing, which is really cool, we're doing an Ultra League draft competition for a few of the interested members so a draft competition is really good for learning how to handle a wide range of pokemon within a meta and seven brave people have stepped up to be involved so it's not going to be 
super daunting, but it's just going to push people just far enough to be just a little bit uncomfortable. Their toes aren't really touching the, the bottom of the water. So I think it's going to be a really fun way to help these people learn to understand Ultra League a little bit better. I would actually probably be participating myself if I wasn't running it. <laughs> but um, what we are thinking of doing is making it a very long-term competition round robin and giving them a week per round just to make sure that you know they absolutely have time to do it. And we're going to air the battles on the Pallet Town stream channels. And just uh, we're, they won't be like shoutcasted like we do with gym breakers, but we'll just be like talking about them. Like, oh yeah, hey, that's interesting how this person you know made this decision with their team, etc. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how this turns out. Sounds awesome. And with that, I think that's a segment. We love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fisher for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks a million, Fish and DeFi. Yet another wonderful PvP corner segment. And DeFi, the feedback we got for that wonderful panel that you hosted has been nothing but positive. I hope you're hearing the same uh, on your channels as well. Awesome work. Thanks again. Okay, Mr. Kyle, I, I sorry, I was just thinking about how great Fish and DeFi are. I completely lost my place. Could you help me out? Where are we? You've completely forgot that it's time for emails. Oh, it's always a blind spot. That and the voicemails, which there are zero of this week. Ha, gotcha. <laughs> the plenty of emails to go around. First one's from Kevin. They said, what up, Kyle and Chris? How can you talk about spoilers from Legends Arceus without mentioning the unnecessary inclusion of the new force of nature? It's so ugly, I almost quit the game. Also, I love the review and the bonus content. Please do more of the, of these in the future. Love those hot takes. Thanks for the work you put into this show. Well, first, it was very fun to record. So hopefully we'll get a chance to do it when Violet and Scarlet come out. Yeah. And second, the only reason we didn't talk about it is because the Force of Natures were literally the last Pokemon I needed to catch in the game to finish it. And I hadn't caught them by the time we record the episode. <laughs> By the time I saw a screenshot of it, I thought it was a fan-made thing. Yeah, I didn't it, realize it was real. I mean, it looks as bad in the game as the alternate forms of Dialga and Palkia do, <laughs> in my opinion, which it's just not good. I, I definitely agree. I, <laughs> I still just, maintain that Husui and Palkia is pretty cool. No, get out of here. Okay, we're going to move Dude, on. Dude, a centaur with no arms? Let's no. go. It's just no. a tall horse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what Dialga is, too. It's just mm. a tall horse. Yeah, but it's sharp. So? It's got a hammer in its neck. So? It swallowed a cinder block, and it got yeah, stuck and, in the and esophagus. Yeah, and has, like, giant shoulder guards for no reason. It doesn't even have any arms. Well, it still has shoulders that need protecting. Not, no, if it's, an arm, if it's an armless centaur, its shoulders are where its hips are. But what if it never had arms to begin with, and that's just the way its body is shaped? Then why does it have shoulder guards if there's no arms? Because there? Okay, so you don't have arms on your head, but you still wear a helmet, Kyle. I wonder why. But it doesn't. You don't have shoulders. 
Yeah, Doesn't but it's got a head guard for your oh head. It has we're shoulders. Gonna, we're going to move on. Shoulders. Like, and oh, I'm just going to reiterate that the new force nature is was probably one of the strangest choices they made for Legends Arceus, for sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, thank you for that email, Kevin. This next one is from Megablade. Hello, GoCast. Megablade here again. Here's some fun things I got at GoTour and other Pokemon-related things. My brother picked Gold, got Shiny Lugia, picked Silver myself, no Shiny Lugia, started playing Let's Go Pikachu and Sword, Shiny Dunsparce and Lediba, nice. Brother got Shiny Wobbuffet, last balled two Legendaries, oh, that's a good feeling, man. Almost at the end, me and my family were driving home, and I only needed Entei to finish the raid collection challenge. And about 20 feet from my house, it spawned. Traded my only shiny Mewtwo. I traded the other one to my brother to a friend for a armored Mewtwo that I immediately renamed to something else. Started to play Pokemon Masters, and it is so addicting, I also broke it second day because they had a Mega Mewtwo Giovanni event. If you know me, you know how excited I was about that. Kyle, do you still play Masters pretty actively? Not very actively. Very, very casually. I need to start logging in again. I, I've completely fallen off. But I, it's, got, I got other things going on that I do daily, so I, I sometimes I don't remember to log into Masters. <laughs> Fair enough. Real quick, someone on YouTube had a shiny Raikou spawn in the wild, and I think it was 100% catch rate because they caught it first ball, just like five-star rates. Uh, and here's a question. What special things do you think will be in the Pogo TCG set? And by the way, something to tell Fish and DeFi is that I named my Dragonite Draco Glory. Uh, and by the way, I'm trying to complete this Pokemon TCG set, and I think it will be an exciting journey. Have a great week and a great day. Mega Blade. Okay, so the, the one remaining question, Kyle, mm-hmm. is what do we kind of expect from the Pogo TCG set? I think we already did a little bit of, of thinking ahead on this. Mm-hmm. And we did get a little bit more news this last week, although it's not helpful for the question's sake. So, you know, it's a great question. I really have no idea at all. Like, I don't know. No, I don't. What is special? Like, I don't I don't mean this in a negative way, but what is special about Go that can be represented on a trading card? I think it's either going to blow us away with like, oh, this is really clever, or there's going to be a lot of reprints that use Go inspired art. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, no offense to, to Go, but Go's art does not hold a candle to the trading card game art. Yeah. But okay. So I've heard other people say that too. And I don't think it's fair to compare them because I think they're pretty stylized. I really no, like they Go's are, art. They are absolutely stylized, but. When you transition from one medium to the other, it it stands out drastically. You can't put like moments or art featuring 3D renders from Pokemon Go onto a trading card yeah. and expect it to look good compared to a full art holographic Charizard or a rainbow Charizard from the last set. Like very, very true. They very true. they look so good. And so I'm I'm excited to see what they do for it. But I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a few trainer cards like that. I'm, I would be willing to bet anything that there's going to be a trainer for card each team leader, yeah. for each team leader. They may even go as far as to go for uh, something for Team Go Rocket and do something with the Go Rocket leaders. Because, you know, Rocket happens in the TCG all the time. Yeah, as and well. those are unique. Those are unique characters for them to flex as well. Yeah, I would agree. 
Yeah, but like you said, we got new news. We actually got pictures of three box sets. There's going to be one for each team, mm-hmm. uh, and that's featured after the leader. There's like a pin and stuff. Yeah, but I was like zooming in on the art, and I was like, come on, <laughs> show me one of the fronts of these cards. I need more context. They're all, you know, just the card backs. I'm like, oh! Yeah. Ah! I feel like we just need like two or three more clues, and then we can extrapolate and start guessing wildly to our heart's content. But like, I, there's nothing to go on. <laughs> And it's a long way away. We're five months from that release. It is. Uh, But thank you very much for the multifaceted email, Megablade. Appreciate it. Next email is from Wacko Beans. They said, hi, peeps. I'm writing to say I hatched my first shiny in a lowland sand shrew right after community day. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The season of Alola holds a special place in Go for me. It's my favorite anime. Love your podcast. Can't wait till next Tuesday. Thanks for going above and beyond in the Pokemon Arceus recaps and the in- and the interview with Speediest Chief 2. Caught my first legendary turkey. Pretty psyched about that. Sorry about the long email. <laughs> Here we go. There it is. There's the there first one. <laughs> first one of the day. Yeah. <laughs> think we'll have any more? I think so. Actually, I'm cheating. I already know that. I, that, that yes, it is happening again coming up here. But but yeah, no, our our absolute pleasure for the extra stuff. Uh, happy to create more content when time and events uh, allow. You can thank Kyle for the two part Arceus miniseries. I would not have suggested it if he wasn't so excited when he asked me about it. <laughs> so uh, that that's his doing for sure. And uh, like I said earlier, I look forward to doing more because uh I'm real, real excited for Scarlet and Violet right now. Oh, I'm not sure if I have to say I'm real, real opinionated. <laughs> I mean, I am real opinionated. Everybody who knows me knows that. That yeah, one, I don't and people that don't that. know you, it doesn't take very long to draw that conclusion. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, but what are you so excited about for Scarlet and um, Violet for? I, I don't something about it is is speaking to me a lot more than sword and shield was like i was excited for sword and shield it was a new game it was the first time yeah. to switch but the fact that i can see that they're learning and that they are improving from sword and shield at least from what we saw mm-hmm. makes it very exciting the fact saw- that it looks like legends arceus and arceus was the most refreshing pokemon game i've played since go came out That's the in sixteen. That's the thing. I had to check myself at the door, man, because I was like, oh, man, these screenshots and these videos look like it's Arceus, but oh, main series game. And I was like, don't let your brain run away with, uh, <laughs> well, with that. But they also yet. used the words open world, Chris. I know. Like in official statements i know and because they made a big stink about it well other people made a big stink about the use of the language before i think i'm hoping i'm hoping they know exactly what they're doing they have to every every gaming company when they have an open world game they make sure everybody knows it's open world yeah like hey look (laughs) look we had to we had to get pay two thousand dollars worth of worth of licensing in order to use this phrase yeah so it's going on the box Uh, great all right well thank you very very much uh for that email waco beans and this next one is from drew too hi chris and kyle now that we are in the season of alola i have a question for you regarding how to refer to the pokemon in this region i've heard people describe pokemon as both alola or alolan and i'm not sure which is correct 
For example, if Alola Mola had a variant in Alola, would it be Alola Alola Mola or Alolan Alola Mola? Or perhaps Alola Aloma Mola and Alolan Alola Mola are both correct. Oh my God. Alolan Aloma Mola <laughs> are both correct. I think I prefer Alolan Aloma Mola over Alola Aloma Mola, but I could really go either way. Now that I think about it, they really missed out on adding an Aloma Mola to Alola. Sincerely, Drew 2. P.S. If an Alola Alola Mola found a mole hole, how many moles would the Alola Alola Mola find in the hole? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. The correct answer is all of them. Yeah, probably. That makes hmm. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing, Kyle. What do you, uh, I, you know, for me, I use Alolan and I think only Alolan. I was about to say, I think I use them both, but I'm actually pretty sure I only use Alolan now. Yeah, the the answer is definitely Alolan. I'm not going to correct somebody for saying Alola Marowak, but it's Alolan Marowak. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no question in my mind about which one you should be using. Now, if you want to shorten it, I know that a lot of people in the PvP sphere shorten, you know, the variants down to cutesy little names. Like, uh, for example, Alolan Sandshrew or Alolan Sandslash would be a shrew or a slash right and and those are cool some work better than other you know a slash works a whack works as well a but then like a tails a tails works great a A tails is okay a muck's not so great it's it's like a muck but spelled wrong yeah exactly (laughs) i love that that's great (laughs) uh those are really the only ones you have to worry about you uh a chew, you know, I don't think anyone says a chew or a chew. I chew, bless you. All right, but Bill, thank you very much for the email, Drew. Too, what an important question and what an important email to read out loud with my mouth. <laughs> that was hard. You'll never know how many cuts I had to make in the edit. <laughs> the next email is from Marcel, and they said, Hey guys. First of all, sorry for the long email. (laughs) There Uh, it is. (laughs) There it is. I'm just a very new listener for a few weeks, but tried to listen to as many possible podcast viewers as possible. I'm from Germany and play since late July 2021 and enjoy the game very much. After I met my lovely girlfriend who's from Brazil, she hid playing Pogo for the first few weeks. After I downloaded it as a surprise, it started becoming one of my biggest passions at the moment. We had several awesome community days. Evie was my first, and I was stunned. Johto Tour and spending the Sandshrew community day playing in Paris. Oh, that's like a dream. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man. (laughs) After I dug into the world of Pogo on YouTube and podcasts and dove into PvP, I realized how bad I was at choosing my Pokemon to fight with. And I'm scared to have to start all over for a real good full Pogo experience with collections, socializing, and PvP. I'm level 42 now, which is kind of okay for not having to spend money except for community days. But since I listened to you guys and got my Go Plus, that really ramped up the game for me. Thank you. You're the best and funniest content creators I was able to find. One <laughs> they question, did look very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody else. <laughs> One question, though. I listen on Spotify, and so I got the episodes somewhat a week late. So I'm often too late for stuff you're talking about. For example, the cups at PvP Corner. Is there a site to get to those earlier? Thanks again. Keep up your great work and attitude. Shiny vibes all, Marcel. 
All right, I'll address the copperaja in the room that's being raised by the email. No, so uh, the turnaround time since we record on Tuesdays, while we do get some information uh, ahead of time, which is great and helps with keeping the information fresh, but generally speaking, if I'm busy during the week until Friday and if this stuff is happening during the weekend, I don't edit until either Sunday or Monday. And Monday has happened the last two weeks. And so you are actually hearing the episode when it came out. It is just that late. I am very much trying to look at getting everything out sooner. Ideally, we'd be back on Friday releases. That would be great. Um, but we'll see as time allows. I'm committed to making sure all the episodes get out first and foremost, and I will try my best to manage time to get them moved up as early as I possibly can. <laughs> all right. So thank you for asking. But no, you're not missing out on anything. You're uh, your belated uh, experience with the details is unfortunately a shared experience at the moment, but hopefully not for long. But that section of the email aside, that sounds like you've had a wonderful experience with Pokemon Go uh, from the get go here. So late July 2021, first community day was Eevee. They, they did Johto tour and then spent Sandshrew community in Paris. That sounds like honestly somebody's bucket list somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I also, might be that person. Also, less than a year of playing, you're level 42. That's fantastic progress. That's incredible. Right that's yeah. that's great. So don't don't knock that. And good good on you for being proud about your free to play status as well. There are hardcore free to play players. We've had one on the show a few times. JC picks Justin, um, and and he is very aggressively free to play. And they have a great time. I love hearing about the way that his play style changes because of that and the features that they have to look at more because, you know, coins come from gyms and stuff like that. So that's cool. That's cool. Keep it going. Way to go. Okay. And that wraps up the email portion and voicemail portion, I suppose, of the show. But before we get out of here real quick, if you want to send us an email, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail to 262 586 seven seven one seven if you'd like to send an email to the pvp corner you can send it to pvp corner at gocastpodcast.com and they'll get it there you can of course always ask me to forward it to onto them and i will do that as well follow us on twitter at gocastpodcast visit our website gocastpodcast.com if you want to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. That's where we set that stuff up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast podcast. There are three tiers uh, that you can choose to give at monthly. And the lowest level tier is $1 a month. And actually, if you pay for the year, I believe you get to a 20% off, something like that. People pay 1080. That's 10%, something like that. I don't know. You get a, yeah, 1080. That's 10%. You get a discount. Uh, the $1 tier gets you access to our best perk, which is access to the Discord community server, uh, where we do everything that's related to the show. But shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Speaking of patrons, thank you to Cyprian Bo, Daniel, Zekwaker, Andrew, Robert, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Charles, and Modders. Thank you so very, very much for your support. Generous as it is. And we appreciate you very much for helping us keep the digital lights on. If monetary support is not in the cards for you, isn't something you can do, or you already have done so, and are still looking for a way to help support the show, perhaps a free avenue, 
boy, have I got a suggestion for you. You can leave a review <laughs> for our show on anywhere that supports review infrastructure. Spotify has joined the ranks of that recently. So please, that helps us out immensely. Also, we did, sorry, last thing, and then I swear I will stop talking so Kyle can talk a little bit before I start talking again. I promise. <laughs> this past week, I did transfer our hosting from one service to another. It should have been seamless. It should not have broken any subscription. It shouldn't have broken anything. So if any of you have any problems with the show and you're like, wow, I had to hunt down this episode for two weeks because I don't know what happened to my subscription, please send me an email because I'd love to solve any and all issues and wrap up any loose ends as quickly as possible so that nobody has any problems. So, all right. Okay, Mr. Kyle, we got one last thing to do before we sign off for the week and that's set some goals. Yep. What's going on this week that you were interested in pursuing? I know it's the Festival of Colors, but I don't think there's anything in there particularly that is very Kyle. No, not really. I mean, I'm going to finish the the collection challenge, which literally I'll probably do on my way to work tomorrow. So that's kind of silly. What are even in the eggs right now? I don't want I don't want the hatch eggs. 10Ks will still have... Jangmo, Jangmo, and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I did hatch one of in the the last week, so that was pretty exciting. Awesome. Let's go three hundred thousand experience. Uh, let's say four rocket leaders because I clearly couldn't do five last week. Four rocket leaders. Okay. Is that going to do it for you? I think so. I don't got a whole lot else going on right now. All right. So for Mister Kyle and his plate for this week, he's got finished the collection challenge, uh, which. As speaking from somebody on the other side of that accomplishment, as I flip my hair, you'll have no problem. Uh, the 300,000 experience and four rocket leaders because five was too high of a bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. I appreciate I appreciate you checking yourself. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. I want to hatch more Jangmo. Either that's one or ten. <laughs> I need to hatch more. One shiny of anything. I don't care what it is. 500,000 experience and finish my platinum backpacker medal. I'm 200 spins away. I can do that this weekend while I'm oot and a boot doing my things. I swore you set that goal last week because I harassed you about it. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I said I had 700 spins left. And then we talked about how much (sighs) moose spins on average. And I said, oh, I could probably do about half of it. And you said, oh, come on. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll be out moving and walking and grooving and stuff because of the egg bonus. And here we are. I called it. But next week, 200 short, you know. Yeah. I'll have to check in with DeFi and see where she is at with that as well. But anyway. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for episode 184. Bye-bye. Bye.